Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Idle Chatter. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Hackettstown, New Jersey, the guy that's now blessed. The good Lord blessed me with the uh, ability to have healed vision, which I will tell you about. I had my surgery, cataract surgery, which is a very common surgery. So no hero notices here. But uh, I'll get into that for a couple of minutes. And I hope everything is going well for you. It is a absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous day here on Cat Swamp Road. It is the high was 76. There was no humidity, which is in stark contrast to what the days were. Uh, the days were the. Uh, I, 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 it's only funny because uh, I got to tell you a funny story about when I was getting my eyes checked. But anyway, uh, excuse me. <coughs> uh, Stark contrast to what we had the past week with high humidity and mid 90s temperatures, but it is uh, absolutely a beautiful, beautiful day with a high UV load. So the corn is liking that and it is growing, and so are the weeds in some areas. We won't go there. I'm not going to discuss the weeds, <clears throat> but I guess uh, into every life some weeds may come, right? And I think I have the wrong chair here because it's creaking a little bit. But so uh, forgive me for that. But if I didn't already say it, I hope everything is going well with you. And the number of listeners have reached out to me. And I greatly appreciate that. I'm actually humbled by it. And uh, asked me how my surgery went. And uh, also a a number of other listeners uh, reached out to me for other reasons and i will be getting back to you uh in short order via email and then uh i meant to print everything out to uh to mention on the show today but i uh i'm a little bit off kilter with my i shouldn't well there's no excuse i messed up all right (laughs) i guess i'm off kilter with the surgery but i messed up but uh the surgery is absolutely nothing but anyway so that is that but i wanted to share with you is uh just before we're going back i guess two weeks now just before i went to the pti farm in pontiac illinois i went to go move the ranger because i'm so behind and everything here that the back problem i had for almost two weeks really messed me up and put me behind and then the tree falling on the house didn't help and uh <clears throat> just uh, just got behind but anyway so i still had my empty one empty tote in the back of the ranger and what i basically do is i have an empty tote i have a tote in there and then when i go to maryland to the mill to ben hushen to pick up my fertility program i pump it in there and then i come back to the farm and i pump it off the truck into a, another tote that is on the ground and i have one uh, one tote that I mark on the ground for, or identify for is probably a better word, for the planter fertilizer, the two by two, and then the other one is for the broadcast. So basically, in essence, I'm using three totes, right? One for transport and two for a storage. That's a, whatever, intermediate storage until I put it on the field when I'm planting. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Hopefully it does. So I had the empty tote in the back of the Ranger, and uh, you know a lot of people don't don't tie those totes in, and because if yeah, it's got a lot of weight and it's not going to go anyplace. But I I actually with a very strong, uh, very thick, heavy extra heavy duty ratchet strap that uh, I forgot what the weight load is, but it's it's I don't know two three thousand pounds or something. I have that tied into the bed of the Ranger, and interestingly enough. No disrespect, Ben, if you're listening. But when uh, your guy brought my planter for, well, maybe it was the, yeah, it was the planter, the planter, no, broad, part of the broadcast fertilizer up this year because I didn't have a chance to run back down there. Uh, he had it in the back of the pickup truck and he didn't have it secured. So my contention is, like anything in life, we often get... Uh, I don't want to say sloppy, but that's probably the, the word. Say, oh, that's not going to go anyplace, and uh, 
And so, Ben, that's between you and me if you happen to listen to this show. But I don't want to take any chances. So I secure that tote in the back of my truck that, God forbid, the truck rolls over or somebody hits it. It doesn't go, it actually becomes part of the truck because it is so secured in there. I might feel more comfortable with that, specifically the distance that I'm going. So anyway, I said, well, let me, I said to Shaw, let me take the tote out here, at least get something done before I go to, uh, to Illinois, Pontiac, Illinois. So I go to the Ranger. I had, it was, I normally keep it uh, in the garage, but then during planting season, I have it out in the field. Well, I mean, it's not in the middle of the cornfield. It's, it's on the, um, a perimeter cornfield we have some grassy areas and i grass and i park it there maybe about a i don't know half acre of grass there or something comes off the road it's hard to explain but for those of you who've been to the farm our farm you would understand it so i go to i put the key in the ranger go to start this is before i went to illinois and go to start it and start, boom and starts right up in here bang i said well, what the so i shut the key off right away i said oh my god i said was there an animal under the hood or something and then uh i get out to go outside pop the hood and the uh, serpentine belt tensioner exploded i mean <laughs> i mean like you like you put an m80 firecracker on them just blew up all over the place the only thing was a little round piece and the bolt holding it to the engine that was in there so which is kind of crazy because that serpentine belt tensioner never made any noise because if it made any noise it would have replaced it and it's, it's the original one so it's a you know 22 years old 21 years old but it's crazy that it failed like that so you know mechanical stuff never ceases to amaze me and that and you'd say well I, you know that's impossible For, you know when i had my shop if a customer said that's that's impossible you know that the uh that the, they must have not been paying attention or they got bad ears and they're playing the radio too loud. No, no. I mean, and, you know, so I, if somebody tells me that their belt tensioner exploded, then I, uh, <coughs> out of the blue, with no noise, I will now believe them. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so I said, all right, well, what am I going to do? I got to go to Illinois. I got to come back and uh, just... Uh, so I left the range there and uh, left the toad in it. And, no, I actually moved it around, and I got the toad off because I wanted to at least I wanted to psychologically at least accomplish something because I forgot what was going on that day. But no matter what, <laughs> and I know you all have those days on the farm and in your life, but specifically in the farm, no matter what I did, I never got it done. There was always some kind of snafu. All right, <laughs> that so I, said, I want to at least get this this empty toad out of the back of the truck. I at least want to have you know one accomplishment today instead of busting stuff so i uh called around well i went to i called my ford dealer because i like to as you guys know i i i use factory parts the only time i don't use factory parts if they're not available that's with my with everything with my this chair is creaking i am sorry about that i took out the wrong chair but anyway uh and uh so i called the ford dealer now i have a 2002 two that we bought new my wife actually bought it for me for a christmas present 2002 2.3 liter four cylinder ranger xl which is the cheapest ranger not that she's cheap all right but when i bought it i said i want a farm truck i don't want any air conditioning i don't want I, so it has two options in it i may have told you this before it's got the factory ford a bed liner and a sliding rear window so it's a 2.3 liter four cylinder five speed uh, ranger so love that truck you guys know that you couldn't buy that truck i mean you could not buy a truck like that today all right so anyway uh <clears throat> so the thing so i call the dealer and my dealer and he says to me ray i'm sorry he goes it's uh what they don't use discontinued uh, obsolete obsolete so i said oh geez it's obsolete so he says well, i'll give you the part number and uh he said i just want you to know he said let me have a belt too the belt is obsolete but if it had air conditioning the belt wouldn't be obsolete but the idler pulley would be obsolete or the tension so all right <clears throat> so i said i gotta do aftermarket much to my chagrin so anyway 
If I had more time, and I, and I, or, or, excuse me, I did say to him, can you do a search for that? He didn't do a nationwide search. He did like a tri-state search. He says, nobody has one. He said, I'm not worried about the belt. I get auto parts to a belt. I'm worried about the idler. The Well, I call it the idler, the belt tensioner. So uh, he said, no, nah. he says, nobody has one in the tri-state area. So I said, all right. So I call up uh, Napa Auto Parts. Because I would like to use them versus advanced auto or what have you. <clears throat> no disrespect to advanced auto. It seems that the times I had to use aftermarket parts that Nap at Napa had a better line, but also that was many years ago. So who knows, right? So they don't. Well, they could get it, but it's gonna take four or five days to get it, and uh, hundred three dollars. I said, okay, fine. He said, well, I'm going away. He said. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll wait till I come back. And then so I called Advanced Auto. They were a little bit cheaper and what have you. So I said to myself, all right, well, nobody's going to be able to get this until I come back. So I had the bright idea, which I thought was, well, it really wasn't. It was a benign idea. It wasn't bright or not bright. Uh, I'll give myself some credit. But I said, you know, a lot of people talk about this rock auto, and this is no disrespect to rock auto, okay? It's my famous line, no disrespect. I'm just, I just tell stories as they happen, let the cards fall where they may. So I go on to rock auto and uh, look it up, <clears throat> and they have a Daco belt tensioner. And the way they had it on the website, it was like belt tensioner, and then it says pulley, and then belt so it almost looked like you had to buy and the picture they had it had like the belt tensioner and then it had the uh, without the pulley and then it had the pulley with a bolt and then it had the belt so i'm trying to and you know you can't talk to anybody anymore in any of these places it's all you go online so anyway so they wanted 60 something dollars for the belt tensioner 20 let's say 20 something 28 dollars or something for the pulley and then $25 for the belt. And the uh, Napa store wanted $103 for the, for the belt tensioner, but it had a pulley on it. And then they wanted $52 for the belt. So I said, all right, well, this is a little bit cheaper, but <clears throat> I could get it. It's supposed to, I'm supposed to come home Thursday night from Pontiac, Illinois, it's supposed to come on Thursday. All right, let me order it. Let me try this Rock Auto. And then I did a little bit more research on there. And uh, it said that the belt is made in USA, Deco belt. And it didn't say anything about the tensioner. So I ordered all three. And now, obviously, you got to pay shipping. So now it came to $113. All right, fine. Which is less money than it would have been from Napa, specifically if i got the belt so whatever i'm not I'm, I'm only painting a picture here and boy this chair is creaking <clears throat> and giving you bullet points not that i'm cheap all right so please don't know that but so so i said all right let me order it so i so i order it and and whatever was basically painless and uh go to illinois come back i'm on my way back i call my wife says you got a package here and i'm on the road she says oh yeah it's, it should be from rock auto so it is all right, good. I said, that's the parts to fix the Ranger. So, you, you know I don't like aftermarket parts. Some of you do, and that's fine. All right, some people like blondes, some like brunettes. I don't like aftermarket parts because I know from coming from the industry, and I'll just say this one last time, that the OE parts are the best, and they, they're, they're the best, and they fit the best, and that's it. All right, so, but what are you going to do? I'm not going to throw the truck away because the belt tensioner is uh, obsolete. So I come home that night, about 10, 30 at night, Thursday night from the road, and my box is in the garage. Oh, yeah, I'm the car guy. I, gotta, I mean, I'm not hot rod farm. I got to look at my pulley, and I got to look at my, my belt tensioner and, uh, and my belt. So, so I open up the box in my pocket knife, and I look at They had all the packing in there, the, you know, those, those airbags. Well, not airbags, those bags with the air, whatever they call them. And... Uh, so I take the belt out first, the way it was packaged, Deco belt, right? Which they said on the website, made in USA, right? Well, 
Once again, just like on my generator, when Generac said made in USA, when we must have, Vietnam must have joined USA for Generac, they did. Well, <laughs> the belt is made in China. All right. Let's dig a little bit deeper in the box. <clears throat> so now I take the belt tensioner out, the Deco belt tensioner. So I take the belt tensioner out and I uh, look at it and it says made in USA, which I was very surprised. Not assembled in USA with domestic and foreign components or whatever. So it says made in USA, but who the heck knows? You can't trust. I'm sure it was made in the USA, but um, as an aside to this, there used to be a law that has to have so much American content to be considered made in USA. So whatever. So I'm saying, okay, this thing's all made in USA. I look at it, it looks very nice, but I honestly don't, I know what a belt tensioner looks like, but I honestly don't know what the factory one looks like because it, it grenaded and blew into pieces. The arm fell off, the pulley fell off, the everything, the spring fell out of it, and, and there was just one piece of it and it held in to the engine with a bolt <coughs> from Ford. <coughs> so... And then I look, and so I take the belt, and it has a pulley on it. So I said, now I dig deeper in the box. So I, so now I have an extra pulley, which is obviously of no use. And to Deco's credit, the pulley said made in USA. So now I have a, a pulley, but I have a complete belt tensioner, which they said on their website I needed a pulley, right? Separate items, belt tensioner, pulley, and then belt, right? So, yeah, right, so I'll deal with that later. So to make a long story short, the, the next day, which was Friday, I said, all right, I'm going to put this belt tensioner on, get this truck running, and because, oh, excuse me, that's, I may, I'm, I, I probably have the, I have the, maybe have the timeline messed up a little bit, but I knew, let me, no, yeah, yeah, it was the week before, right, so Friday, I start the, uh, I don't think it was Friday, Monday, uh, I had other stuff to do, <clears throat> record the shows, what have you, so Monday, I, I got it Thursday night, so that Monday I said I'm gonna I'm gonna work on get the ranger going. How bad could this be? <laughs> well, so I bring the bring the ranger out of the cornfield, drive it up here, and uh, start to you know take the air and take off so I could get to a look at it. So, all right, fine. So to make a long story short, the Deco tensioner, but you know. <laughs> You know me, uh, I tell the real deal. I messed up, all right? I messed up simply because, the because the, no excuses, I messed up. So what happened is that the Deco, the, what's left of the Ford tensioner, looks completely different than what the Deco tensioner says it looks like. And the Deco tensioner says exact fit. All right, well, I guess they could beat you to death with semantics, right? So exact fit means you don't have to drill any holes, all right, and uh, do anything else. So I get the what's left of the old tensioner off and had a recessed bolt in there. But if you uh, used a, a very thin 14-millimeter socket, uh, it goes in there, and I was able to get it off, thank God. It was quite, cor it's a little bit corroded in there, but not too bad. I had to use a 3 8 socket, but then put an adapter for a half inch breaker bar to get in there because I could not break it loose with a 3 8 breaker bar. So, by God's grace, it came out, broke loose, came out beautiful, right? And uh, <clears throat> so now I'm trying to piece together what, uh, oh, I forgot to tell you, when the pieces all picked, <laughs> the pieces all blew out of the truck, I have the, far the our farm stand, which we're not ready for yet, right, with the corn is on wheels actually it's an old manure wagon we made into a farm stand and i pull it to where we sell corn well i guess when i put the parts on the farm stand i didn't realize there was a yellow jackets nest and they all came after me and i got stung like in four places so anyway but that's fine that's par for the course on the farm so anyway now fast forward back to so i'm in the garage working on the ranger i said well i have like 80 percent of the pieces well, the pieces of consequence, not as my father would say, the guts, the exterior stuff. And I'm, so I'm, I'm laying down on the workbench the pieces of what the old tensioner looked like. And I got the new Deco tensioner next to it. And uh, I said, well, this thing looks completely different. All right. And they gave you this bolt 
with the Deco tensioner. But on the Ford tensioner, the way the bolt went through, if you recall, I said the bolt was recessed and needed to use a thin wall socket to get it out. <clears throat> so the one side of the Deco tensioner was recessed and the other side kind of appeared like what was left of the Ford tensioner. And so I said to myself, well, this bolt is not going to go through this. this. The bolt that Deco gave me is too big to go through the recess. So I said, does it go through the other way? I said, but that's completely different than the Ford tensioners because the piece that held, the, the only piece that was attached to the engine was the piece that, that was bolted on yet. So I knew that I had the right orientation when I took the bolt out. It wasn't like I messed that up, right? So now, and then I'm looking at the, the Ford tensioner, what's left of it, and I'm saying to myself, we just had it how would you put this on and know the proper clock position, right? But then I look at the Ford tension and I look back. Now, mind you, at that particular point, and I'm like, cataract fixed yet. So I'm trying to look and answer, oh, I'm feeling with my finger. I said, oh, there's a locating pin. And I, then I look at the Ford, what's left of the Ford tension. I said, man, there's a really good moosey locating pin. So I said, all right, good. Right, so now I look at the, look at the uh, Deco tensioner and there's no locating pin. <clears throat> but I look at the other side of the tensioner, which resembles the back side of the Ford tensioner, and there's a little pin there, maybe three times as big, as thick as a as a toothpick. So I said, "Man, look at this!" So I so I put the, the what's left of the Ford tensioner back. I said, yeah, "This is really it was actually a rectangular locating pin. It wasn't a pin. It was a, it was a slot." And I said, "Boy, this you know this is really you put in. It's very solid, and it also has a lot of girth to it. So if the if the so you know to to help keep the tensioner. And so I'm looking at this. Well, this can't be. This looks like a like a big toothpick here. It's not even the right shape. And I'm saying, "Well, this is exact fit, right?" So. So I try to put it on, and then I'm saying, so let's, it, this is, so, and to make a long story short, so I'm going for a half hour, it's 20 minutes, 22 minutes already, is that I'm putting the tension, I said, this is not going to, this is not, so this is not going to work, so I said, I got to use the Ford bolt, because the bolt that Daco gave me with the tensioner will not fit into the recess, and I'm thinking that's where it goes. So I said, all right, no big deal, the Ford bolt was a, great bolt and it had a uh it, it was i guess i would say beveled out but it had an integral it was flared out that, that's not the proper term right uh, uh below the head of the bolt to act like a washer to spread the load so i said all right well this is not going to fit but if i measure it with my micrometer measure the recess i could go on my bench grinder <laughs> and i could grind down this this mock washer on the bolt ford bolt and use that right and then i could put my tensioner on but i said but i don't have the reese i don't have the locating pin so anyway this was a, so i'm grinding 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 running around with a micrometer and uh not a micrometer veneer caliper excuse me and then i get the ball oh i'm so happy I actually he said boy for a blind guy I did a pretty good blind grind job so anyway so i said this is not right so i walked away from it and then uh <clears throat> There's a uh, there's a property next to ours, 182 acres with a mansion on it, 14,000 foot ma mansion. That's uh, that uh, I'm, I'm calling it a mansion. I mean, whatever. I'm a poor farmer. To me, a 14,000 square foot is a mansion. And they recently sold it. They sold the house and the property for six million dollars. But they, I don't know what they're going to do. It. Hopefully, they're not going to try to do anything with it. But anyway, to make a long story short that's right uh, adjacent to our property so if you go through all of our woods i mean it's not right there i mean you can't see it it's 100 acres away but or 180 280 acres away but it's contiguous to our property where their property line ends our property line starts and <clears throat> i've been going up there for quite some time now because i had a i have a very good suspicion or feeling that our beloved cat donald is up there someplace on that 280 acres so why i'm telling you this is that i go up there and i found other stray cats so i will call this one so i go i go twice a day to feed the stray cats there so anyway so i said to charlotte the one cat little cat i call hope 
Uh, so any so anyway, so the Charlotte. Look, I'm done with this thing for the day. I can't figure out the stupid tension, or I don't know if it's a wrong one or whatever. Because in the it says it fits like ten thousand part numbers, so like fits everything under the sun. It fit it 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 fits everything under the sun, but what I have. So what happens is that I go up to feed Hope and look for Donald up to the. I'm calling it the mansion. The driveway's like three quarters of a mile long. It's it's really a nice piece of property, but anyway, <coughs> it's a, actually a gorgeous piece of property. But anyway, so. Uh, and I'm feeding hope, and I said, Lord, I, 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 I got to get this done because I knew that if I didn't get this truck fixed, I was having the cataract surgery in a couple of days, and I would not be able to do this. I would not be able to, I mean, I would not be able to lay underneath the truck. I would not be able to do that just medically until for another week until my eye healed. So I said, I can't do this. I got to get this truck fixed. Otherwise, this thing is set to show. This thing would be dead in the water right till after my cataract surgery, and I got to do all this stuff. So <clears throat> so anyway, I go to Feed Hope. <coughs> Excuse me, and uh, I'm just going to get a drink of water here, put the drag on, because my throat is all congealed. <coughs> okay, I'm, <coughs> I'm, <coughs> I'm back. Not, <coughs> not much better, but I'm back. Right, I should have killed the mic. I'm sorry about that. So anyway, so I go up there to feed hope, and I said, "Lord, I, I, I just, I'm, you know, I'm in a bind here. Please help me." And the Lord spoke to my heart. And as a Christian, I share this, these stories with you because they're real and they're important. So the Lord spoke to my heart, and He, uh, you know, you, you don't hear the Lord, you don't hear a voice. You just something gets put in your mind. And you know it's from God, and he's so. So I don't know exactly what he said to me in my heart, but he said to me, "You have the well, basically, the English version. Would be, you have the tensioner on backwards. That little pin is the locating pin, and the bolt goes in the other way." So I said, "Okay, Lord, thank you." So I come back. It's I still got some time. He said, "Oh, before it gets dark, I said, I'm going to try this." And sure enough, that's what that's what it was. So, the moral of the story is, I guess they beat you to death with semantics. That the exact fit does not mean that anything looks exactly the same as what you took off, which would not have been a problem. I'm not defending myself. Would not have been a problem if the old tension was just making noise and I could take it off and say, okay, here it is. This is the way it goes on. This look, I can match it up. Okay, I can see it works. But when, it's, when something is grenaded and all over the place and busted, then you only have one section left with a bolt. That's, that's the barometer that you use for how it goes back together. So basically, so now I have to, so why I said it was a mistake, not a mistake, now I got to send the pulley back to Rock Auto, the $28 pulley that I did not need, because the, uh, it, they, I, I shouldn't say they said I needed it on the website, they inferred that I needed it on the website, and so now I have an aftermarket American-made belt tensioner with a Chinese-made belt that looks completely different than the Ford tensioner the bolt goes in the other way but it all works and the belt is tight and everything is fine so that is the moral of the story but uh, crazy and that's why I just love factory parts because if this was a Ford factory part this I wouldn't have been it would have I messed up I mean because I tried to overthink it. I said, no, 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 it's got to go in this way because this four tension is the recess. So I messed up. If I didn't overthink it and try to match the four tension and just use common sense. But I'll tell you that locating pin they have, oh my God, they couldn't be any cheaper with the metal. I mean, good God in heaven. I mean, it, 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 unbelievable. And to tell you the truth, uh, the tensioner, based upon what the dealer told me the price would have been for a Ford one, was less money. All right, it wasn't dramatically less money. It was about 30% less money, which I would have rather just paid 30% more and had the exact right thing and put it on there. So, hey, it works. The belt is tight. So I got my Chinese belt. And, and uh, you know, interestingly enough, I put that belt on. I know exactly when I put that belt on the Ranger. 
In 2010, just before my father died, Charlotte and I took the Ranger. So it was already eight years old. We took it out to Western Nebraska. So before that trip, I changed the hoses, which it did not need, and I changed the serpentine belt. There's only one. I mean, only like I said, the truck has no air conditioning or anything, so it just uh, just turns the power steering pump to water pump in the alternator. So I know that that belt was from 2010. So it's 13 years old, but I I always like to put my belts on. So and when I'm in the position, I don't care what it's on, lawn tractor farm tractor combine washing machine whatever it may be i always put my belts on so that the writing on the belt i could read in the position i would be working on that piece of equipment so the way it's set up on the ranger i would be working over the front over the grill so i put the belt and that's because as i've said many times on this show that you that a belt takes a set to it and if you put it back on not only a serpentine or v-belt whatever if you put it back on opposite of its rotation it usually ends up stretching and falling off very shortly thereafter so what happens now if you don't have any way of marking it so i always put the belt on that way and if you are going to take a belt off and you don't know just mark it with an ink pen and i make an arrow a paint pen to the position i'm working so if i'm going to work on the side like on my my fiesta i would make it so as i work i'm working on that over the passenger side fender so anyway so when i put the belt on 13 years ago the ford belt on the ranger I put it so I could read the part number and everything for motorcraft or for mocha, whatever it's in, while I'm in the front of. So 13 years later, on the Ford Belt, all right, I could still read the imprint, not the imprint, the ink. So I said, I could put this belt back on. I said, because the belt looks beautiful but it looks beautiful i know i know which way i put it i it came off because i can see which way i put it on with the ink but they said oh, that a heck with it that's foolish it's a 13 year old belt even though it looks beautiful i might as well put the new belt on so <clears throat> i put my new belt on so that when if it happens if i shut off the engine in the right place i could see very very boldly nice white paint against that nice white ink against that black black belt made in china fabrique and and jean so i said all right that's it and uh so uh let me see what else but anyway so i i had the uh then we'll get to the topic of the show so i had the uh my surgery that went wonderfully well beautiful but what i ended up buying afterwards because i don't want to go on talk just tell you about my life or or the snafus here but the uh after the surgery um basically in essence you're supposed to cover the cover you the, the eye the surgical eye and then the doctor said i only had to cover it the first day and then then at night but <clears throat> but you know i want to go check my corn i want to do i want to i want to be able to hold the cats the cats like to touch my face so i said to charlotte well, i got to do something so anyway because i gotta i gotta have this covered they give you these cheap really cheap dark sunglasses he said the doctor said you don't even have to wear those the light doesn't bother you so anyway to make a long story short the way the why as, as short of a long story as i could make and believe me i know that that is the case when I was at the eye doctor, I have an eye, you know, they have an eyeglass place there, whatever you want to call it. That, so when uh, I was at to go the next day for a checkup, when you do the cataract surgery, they do the surgery the next day, you go for a checkup. So anyway, so I'm waiting for the doctor and I'm looking at these glasses and they saw these glasses, these sunglasses, and they uh, <clears throat> had a very thick foam uh, around each uh, part of the frame where the lens would be and then over the nose so it had this thick i called it a gasket and when you put them on your face it the gasket the foam goes up against your your your, your face and it doesn't allow anything to come in i said wow these are fantastic but they were dark i didn't really want dark i wanted clear clear lenses so this is uh i said to charlotte she drove me there <clears throat> i said these would be great because i want to go check the corn and the walk in the corn leaves and the i don't want to cut you, you can't get anything on the on the new eye for at least a month so anyway 
well, I say a week, but they're really a month. But anyway, and then I don't want the cats. So I said, this is fantastic. And we got a lot of, this year, we got a lot of mosquitoes and, and stuff on the farm. And they, so I said, this is fantastic. Nothing will get in my eye. And they wanted, so I said to the person who was running the op, optometry store, whatever you want to call it, eyeglass store, doesn't sound too technical. And uh, I said, you know, what? so he said, oh, they're sports glasses. So I said, oh, wow, this is really cool. I said, do you have them? I said, do you have them with a clear lens? And no, that's the only, he said, the name of the company is Liberty, and that's the only pair I have in stock, and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> so I said, okay, well, how much are they? Well, $259. So I said, all right, well, I said to Charlotte, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pay $259 for something that I can only, that I can't use all the time. So anyway, so we come back from the eye doctor. I go to my eyeglass store in Hackettstown, who's my neighbor, um, Doug Manhire, who actually connect, collect his little farm there, about three miles down the road from me, and he collects John Deere tractors. So. I go, so I call him, so what time you open till? So his wife answered, we'll open till one o'clock. So all right, I'll be there. So they're actually the ones who suggested the doctor I went to, which I thanked them for, Dr. Dr. Najari, and I always get his name wrong. But anyway, so I told him what I, you know, what I saw, what I wanted. He says, well, I got these. Well, anyway, I'm telling you this for a reason, not to hear myself talk, but there's a company and you could look them up. Wiley W-I-L-E-Y-X. And he says, these are he says, I sell, he says, I he says to me, I, I sell liberty. He says, you know, he said, those are good, but these are much better. These are OSHA proof. These are a safety glass. <clears throat> and I know that most mechanics and probably 99% of you were terrible wearing safety glasses because they're uncomfortable, they're awkward, they usually don't fit right. You sweat, they fog up and everything. So, so he, so I said to him, "Do you have them in the clear lenses?" No, I'd have to order the clear lens and 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 put it in there. He says, "But he says this is a very light polarized lens." I told him what I wanted to do with it. I said, and he says, "You want?" He says, "Just take these, take these with you, take them home, back to the farm." He says, "Don't give me any money." He says. I said, well, I'm going to get them anyway, Doug. It's just a matter of whether I... He said, call me in a couple of days and tell me, I don't think you're going to want the clear lens. You're going to be able to use these for what you want to do. All right? So I take them I take them home. They are fantastic. So if anyone is looking for, and they have clear lenses, so if anyone is looking for a very, very comfortable, very high quality, not a Harbor Freight $1.99 Chinese safety glass go to wiley w-i-l-e and i mean they don't know they don't even know i exist so i'm not like getting any money from w-i-l-e-y-x and <clears throat> i got the it's called the gravity series that's what he had and uh, they give you this beautiful hard zipper case and they're made in usa i love these things I mean, they have 100%. They're going to be great when I pick in corn. They're going to be great so I could, you know, play with the cats that the cat doesn't, that the that the cat's fur they all shed doesn't get on my, my new eyeball <laughs> and what have you. But check them out because these, they have a whole bunch of safety glasses, everything, and this is considered a safety glass. Uh, <clears throat> and... Uh, it you'll wear you'll protect your eyes when you're working so and they're made in usa which i was ecstatic about so the wiley x and uh very very interesting it's worthwhile for you to at least go on their website and check it out so now let's say we are 38 minutes into what's supposed to be an hour show so i am really really sorry about that sincerely sorry i told you all this garbage that you're probably not even listening anymore you probably clicked off and i don't blame you so what are we going to talk about today and then what i want to talk to you about is uh, oh i well, i gotta go back i'm sorry but it has it, 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 i'll make a segue i'll reach and i'll make it to connect right the fact of the matter is that the cataract surgery, the good Lord truly, sincerely blessed me. I'm not saying that there's not a million good doctors, but this doctor was excellent. The surgical center where they did it was phenomenal. All right, it was like a mini hospital, phenomenal. All eye, every uh, unbelievable, the equipment, everything was unbelievable, right? 
but and I could see beautifully. All right, the the uh, I could see beautifully. I think I'm going to need glasses for driving, which which he had told me. Oh, I could drive beautifully. All right. The only thing is, if I was going, let's say, on a road trip, and I'm going into a different city, let's say, to, to, to Louisville, to the National Farm Machinery Show, and uh, I wanted to read the roadsides, I would, I have to be up a little bit too close to them. You know, I can't read them from. I, I, I so I, I'll probably end up. But to drive, I could drive to to California if I didn't have to be say, well, geez, I have to get closer to the exit sign to read what it says. Hundred percent fine which I haven't been able to do that for many, many years. So that is that is wonderful. Um, what a blessing. What a blessing for that. But interestingly enough, you know, that over the past few years, and it's gotten worse, I, I said to myself, I might get old, I'm falling apart, or what have you. I had a lot of aches and pains in my legs, in my feet, my knees. I and With this cataract, I've lost all my... D- 99% of my depth perception to, to walk. So like when I when I fly, excuse me, when I flew the last time, it was very, very uncomfortable stepping on and off an escalator. All right, like I didn't know where the heck I was. And that's why, you know, I had that problem with the bridges, as I was telling you. So anyway, and I said, oh, geez. I went up and down the stairs like an old man. All right, especially down. Going up, it wasn't bad. But my knees would hurt, my leg would hurt, my feet would hurt. I said, what the heck is going on here? I must really be falling apart. I said, I'm not that old, but I'm really falling apart. And then, matter of fact, when I was out at the PTI farm and I was driving a Fen tract, I said, look, and I told him a white lie because I blamed my cataract, but it was but it was really, I don't want to think I was, uh, that it was geriatric or something. So, uh but anyway, uh, so I do. I had to crawl out of basically crawl out of a tractor like an old man. So fast forward, right? I get the cataract done two days ago, just two days now. Do you know within twenty four hours, eighty percent, let's say seventy five percent, of my leg, foot, knee, and lower back pain went away? And you say, how can that be? Well, I think I was walking so funny because of my poor depth perception even when i was wasn't wasn't walking you know going up and down stairs that i really couldn't i I guess i was much worse than i thought my depth perception and and i must have been walking funny and moving my legs funny and and by the second day i would say 90 percent of the pain is gone 90 percent. i used to sit here and do my show on my desk and my legs would hurt me i said oh my god when we get an arthritis what's happening to me i'm falling apart i'm not that old and so it's food for thought with diagnosing animals diagnosing yourself diagnosing machinery right and it's that interaction i did a podcast about this about a year or so ago <clears throat> the interaction of how like taking like a holistic approach how not treating the pain or not treating the symptom but looking at what could cause the symptom so uh so i was very 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 shocked that uh i mean within two uh, i'm 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 going down the stairs now uh, a, a, a thousand percent better than i went before the surgery and with no pain so it's amazing and if you would just like my my um, belt tensioner blowing up if you would have told me that guy's nuts or something right but it, and it was just i mean i didn't wasn't looking for that i said like i said to Sean, look i said i'm going up and down the stairs with no thought here and i was going up and down i was going down the stairs like an old man one step at a time actually when i was out to to the pti farm i was actually embarrassed how, how i climbed in and out of the tractor so, uh, but the other thing I want to tell you, I'm sorry going on for so long, is that uh, I I had to get an EKG before I did surgery, not surgery, the cataract surgery, if you call it that, but anyway, but I haven't been to a doctor, I don't know, 15, 20 years, so I didn't have a doctor, so I was able to find the doctor, really nice guy, and then he writes a report, he, he says, uh, 
senile cataract. So I was insulted. I mean, I'm not senile. I mean, so I came home. I said, look at this. I said, I said the guy wrote, I got a senile cataract. What, I forget I had a cataract? So anyway, so I, you know, Google is good for stuff like that. So I looked it up, and that's the name. And I know I got some doctors listening here. And, you know, the medical community comes up with the weirdest names. Why don't you just call it natural cataract or age uh, you know age-induced cataract or some of that senile cataract i said so the medical definition is so i said to myself oh my god i got a senile cataract the doctor i went to they do this thing bmi body mass index which is just a mathematical calculation based upon your height and your weight so the number he gave me which i think he gave me the wrong number because i looked it up is that i'm obese so according to what he his number is that i'm obese and i got a senile cataract and i said listen maybe this stuff was right i can't even go up and down the stairs everything is, is hurting me so it's uh but thank god that was not the case and i went back in the chart for the for the body mass index and yeah i wasn't obese i was fat well, well they don't think they call it fat they call it overweight or something but anyway <clears throat> i apologize once more for as one re- listener says to me, going off into the weeds, but he said it very, very, that he enjoyed it. So hopefully you guys didn't, um, did, did not uh, find too much offense for me going off into the weeds. But, you know, we have modern equipment, we have modern cars, we have modern farm equipment, what have you. And often, t- well, probably more often than, than not, almost anything that we have on our modern vehicles or modern farm machines modern engines is the same but different right just like my uh my belt tensioner right exact fit but different right it looks completely different and what i'm getting at and then i'll uh is that the dynamics of how an engine works the dynamics of how a hydraulic system works the dynamics of how an electrical system works, how a braking system works, how uh, how a combine header works, is not has not really changed. The dynamics, the physics of how it works, an engine. So we will use an engine because it's probably a better example. So an engine, the pistons don't know whether the engine is fuel injected or has a carburetor. The pistons don't know whether I'm just going to move this chair. It's going to creak. <clears throat> maybe not too badly sorry uh the piston they don't know uh whether it's got breaker points or coil on plug or distributor ignition or what it has right so the gasoline you put in the tank doesn't know it doesn't say in a pump oh fuel injected with distributor ignition pull up to this pump carbureted with breaker points go here carbureted with hei gm hei go over here all right so the dynamics of how things function are foundational so the, the the four strokes of an engine using that do not know how those ancillary components are being uh, are being um, operated or how they operate I should say so when i used to teach fuel injection to to to, to um Axel digital fuel injection deals emic program engine management installation center program i used to go through this and so i want to share it with you because so when you're now this only now this is foundational all right so in other words if you didn't understand how breaker points worked if you didn't understand how a carburetor worked if you didn't understand how a braking system worked how a belt worked right serpentine belt or v-belt if you didn't understand how any of these things worked years ago how a cranking motor right? we call it a starter <clears throat> but it's really a cranking motor if you don't understand how that worked then this really is going to mean have no value to you whatsoever because when i used to teach it i used to say all right since the dynamics of how an engine works works has not changed all right how certain sub sections of the engine are controlled change i said but in most instances the symptoms of a problem in that area will be very common or present as they say in the medical field present in almost the same way so 
I used to teach when I was teaching programmable, programmable fuel injection. And as I said, if you didn't understand a carburetor, forget about it. This went over your head. All right, so the thing is that, so if you said to yourself, if this, I, I, I used to tell a class, <clears throat> and these were all people in the trade. When I say class, they weren't high school kids. All right, the thing is that, if you said to yourself, man, if this thing had a carburetor and wasn't fuel injected, then I would say it has a bad accelerator pump because that's what the hesitation is. And that's one of the examples I used. So they, so I said, now what you need to do is think, talk in your mind, well, what acts as an accelerator pump because it's the engine still needs an additional shot of fuel regardless. It doesn't know, right? We all agree. doesn't know how it's fueled on fuel injection. Well, that would be the throttle position sensor. So the throttle position sensor on a fuel-injected engine all right, evokes an additional shot of fuel, which is called an asynchronous pulse versus synchronous. Synchronous pulse on fuel injection is one ignition pulse, one injector, one fuel pulse. I'll say fuel pulse is the proper way me to say it. And then <clears throat> when you're, you're asynchronous, you have asynchronous acceleration enrichment. So you have you step on the throttle and you have maybe five fuel pulses for one ignition pulse. And then you have asynchronous arrangement, meaning it's not synchronized to the to the ignition pulses and it's deacceleration fuel. So you're coasting down a hill, you lift the throttle, there may be 15 ignition pulses for one fuel pulse. And that is why as a side, why you don't get as good fuel economy with the cruise control on because it keeps moving the throttle back and forth a little bit and evoking asynchronous pulses to keep that speed st steady whereas you drove it like an old trucker and allowed it to creep up down the hill a little bit and then roll up the next hill without evoking those asynchronous pulses you get much better fuel economy but what I'm going to say to you is that if you have that foundation and I know a lot of you do is that and if you don't have that foundation all right let me let me let me let me let me back up because i didn't word that correctly if you have that foundation and you have younger people working with you on your farm or in your shop or what have you you know the schools today don't teach the old stuff and i said this many times if we go to the best automotive school best agricultural school they don't teach you also oh, the computer says this put in a computer the computer the computer and that's fine because that's how you what you have to deal with today <clears throat> but they're missing the boat and not in my opinion they're missing the boat i know they're missing the boat because you you it's much easier to explain something that's physical that using the accelerator pump as an example that you could take a carburetor and you could move the throttle and see the pump shot you cannot see an asynchronous pulse on an injector you could possibly feel it with your hand right on the injector like that um, right well you'd have to put it in an oscilloscope but still that's an abstract you're taking a, a, a young person to be who's going to be a mechanic and well you see the scope pattern all right it, it just it, it it just doesn't work the same all right uh <clears throat> it's like teaching somebody to farm and let's forget about seed the soil contact let's go right after the plant is up now why did these plants come up don't worry about that the computer says it'll come up right so uh the thing is that so what i'm gonna so what i want to share with you uh long into the show is that and if you have somebody under your wing we'll say that then teach them give them a basic understanding of how things work because a lot of these people today younger people you know uh, and even not so young people <laughs> they, they're stymied at how the world existed before an iphone and a laptop and google and everything the things that we had something called an encyclopedia we had something called a road map all right all right we had something called a, a, a telephone was a rotary dial telephone not an iphone all right uh we had you know <clears throat> so the thing is that we had shop manuals we had all these all of these things i mean uh you know people stopped me to, well, how do you get there you know uh, did you google it no i looked at a map 
all right so the thing is that but what happens is that you could find on your engines on your equipment and what have you and it makes a difference it could be the boiler in your house so the the the, the, the heating system in your house all right it doesn't work as dick hip mr richard hip my beloved instructor from general motors all right say on fm but he used another word for he used a special word for f and then the m was magic it doesn't work on magic so when you're having a problem with something if you have that historic background and say man you know if this thing was in the computerized drive-by-wire but 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 xyz combined with all this electronics and then i would say that this this sucker has a bad diode in the alternator or it's got a bad ground or if it wasn't this but 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 you know if it wasn't a a, a tier four a tier four diesel with the common rail injection i would say that if it was an old mechanical pump line nozzle diesel i would say that it had low fuel pressure that the uh, that the, the the lift pump was weak or the fuel filter was plugged right and if you say to yourself i'm looking at this grain bin controller this grain bin and it's doing this and if it was not a computerized grain bin controller if it was an old because we had grain bins before we had computers and grain bin dryers right i'd say i think this thing has a bad pressure regulator from the propane tank all right so if you have that foundational background all right then just say to yourself okay fine all right right you you have we'll go back to the you know to the to the to the tip in hesitation and tipping is the term when you just just move the throttle a little bit not whack it to the floor move the throttle a little bit all right he said it feels like it's got a bad accelerator pump well nine chances out of ten i'm not saying it has a bad throttle position sensor the throttle position sensor could have a flat spot on it or maybe it's misadjusted and it's not evoking the asynchronous pulse then that is i don't know with uh i'll say with very very rare exception will that diagnostic protocols of comparing it to the old days all right that that will uh, with rare exception will lead you in the wrong area rare exception rare 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 exception so if you if you had <clears throat> let's i'm not saying you have to go back this far but we had an old Oliver row crop 70 on the farm when I was a kid all right and it had a it had an electric start six volt battery and uh, it never worked it ne- and I don't know what that noise is but it never worked that good and uh, so we used to pop the clutch because we could crank it but I was too I was like eight I don't know six or seven years I couldn't crank that thing all right so anyway <clears throat> but you very quickly learned or even today right forget about it you don't have to go back to oliver row crop 70 all right a lawnmower all right you have a pull start on a lawnmower you know that if you don't pull it fast enough to get enough velocity all right <clears throat> that it with rare exception will that engine start you got to give it a good yank and get that crank moving and get every, all those dynamics moving right well, the same thing is happening if you get into a, a, a 2024, right, uh, XYZ, and you go to crank it and go, uh, 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 it's not cranking fast enough for the engine to start. So to a modern person who is a technician, right, not a mechanic, and Bruce gave me the best, my listener Bruce gave me the best definition of that. He said, well, you know, he goes down the flowchart, engine cranks. Yeah, but it's cranking too slow. That guy never probably started a lawnmower in his life, all right? So it's, it's very, very important for you to have a foundational knowledge of how things work prior to the complexity and the integration of electronics, and yes, and now I'm not going to say there can't be a scenario where, let's say, that a driver is bad in the ECU and it's not turning the coil on and off, all right? I'm not saying that, all right, that that's not a potential. But so often in this industry, both agricultural machinery, automotive, um, HVAC systems, we run to the, to the electronic part. And we don't say, eh, if this thing was, you know, was not a, if it was an old fangled boiler in the house, I would say it's got a bad stack switch, all right, which 
the old farmhouse we have a stack switch in the boiler which actually was in the in the in the chimney pipe in the uh <clears throat> the i call it the exhaust i think it's a different name for it whereas today they use a flame sensor so if you say well this thing starts and shuts off in 30 seconds right or 60 seconds i think on my parents house the stack switch was 70 seconds right and shuts right off and pops the reset all right because it didn't see any flame and then you say well what's the modern day version of a stack switch well it's the <clears throat> it's the flame sensor all right so let's go look at the flame sensor all right and i had that years ago in my boiler here in the house the you know my shawls in my house a new boiler new i mean well new not new anymore 25 years old but the fact of the matter is i said to myself okay i gotta look at the flame sensor because it's shutting off and it's popping the reset and i looked at and the flame sensor said it's got a 45 second 45 second delay and i so i timed yeah 45 seconds my problem was in the flame sensor it wasn't the flame sensor one of the wires one of the insulation came off of from vibration the way they ran it bared one strand on the wire and then one strand was going to ground and since that's a low voltage signal killed it all right killed it didn't kill it. killed the i mean it, it what i mean it, it took the signal and put it to ground instead of into the controller right the oil controller they call it oil controller or something all right the thing basically is, so it's the middle of winter right that and i'm not tooting my horn please know that but it's a middle of winter it's like eight degrees outside the boiler takes a dump right it doesn't want to run so i i follow the wire back i said look at this over here right so i get some electrical tape i tape it i tape it back over there we had heat yeah they eventually put a new flame sensor on it yeah but that night we didn't have any pipes break in the house so the thing here is and i is that I want to establish once more, I'm going to repeat it, is that the better your foundational experience and knowledge is, the more, the more comfortable you're going to be diagnosing a modern control circuit on an engine, combine, boiler, washing machine, what have you. Right? And we need to teach that foundational aspect of things. We don't need to give the guy a PhD in it, all right, but we need to understand that. When I taught that Excel class, the best guys in that class were, ex- and I've said this before, were excellent carburetor people. When you had the younger guys, and you know, you just may think I'm, 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 I'm uh, picking on the young guys. It's not their fault, all right, because they got into the game too late. But it is their fault because you know if you say well i'm going to go backwards and understand how a carburetor works so i could be a better fuel injection guy that's what they need to do so if you go backwards when you're facing a problem on any type of control circuit on anything that's completely different so just like my you know my belt tensioner the same exact fit right doesn't mean it looks the same but it functions the same all right, so my, my Daco belt tensioner looked nothing like, well, probably 70 had probably 60% or 75% of the appearance, but the critical appearance where it bolted in, the locating pin, everything, all right, the, 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 the appearance where the recess hole was on the other side, it was flush on this side, was completely different. But, it ex- but I messed myself up because I didn't apply my own logic of saying, well, look how small this pin is. That can't be the recess pin. The Ford one is a big, goony pin right good strong pin is that i shot myself in the foot because if i would have applied my own logic and not get led astray that there was nothing wrong with the deco deco belt tensioner it was completely different so i don't want you to die so i always teach sat stop and think i would say sat sat stop and think right so say to yourself well if this was this right then I would say that, you know, that this was the problem, even though it doesn't have that. But it has a something that serves the same purpose 
and may be controlled electronically or completely different or look completely different but the belt using that going back to my belt to write the belt the serpentine belt on my ranger doesn't know what that tensioner looks like it knows that tensioner has the proper tension on it it knows that the pulley size is the same it's pushing the belt on and my chinese belt is riding very happily all right all right even though the tensioner tensioner looks completely different and the same thing happens that i would never have thought of giving a diagnostic symptom to an ophthalmologist an eye doctor and i never made the connection of saying that my cataract i knew it was causing me to walk cockeyed and to walk like an old man but never did i recognize the detriment it was doing to me and i guarantee you that the problem i had here is i'm just like an old man just giving you medical problems right but the thing is that the problem i had that terrible issue with my back was probably induced by that even though it was originally induced back in 2011 when i fell with the backpack sprayer but i guarantee you well i shouldn't say guarantee you at this particular point i I, i'm relatively confident that my situation with my situation or uh, with my walking cockeyed and whatever doing whatever because of my depth perception exaggerated my back problem that i couldn't even get into the raptor so please when you're diagnosing something stop and think say hey if you fuel injected engine right <clears throat> you say to yourself okay fine if this was an old carbureted car i'd say that choke is stuck open and it's not starting well what's the choke on a fuel injected vehicle the coolant sensor so if the coolant sensor if it's 10 degrees outside and the coolant sensor is telling the engine it's 120 degrees outside all right and skewed at the low temperature it's not gonna have enough fuel to start all right so i mean so that's that that's that you know it's that analogy so you have to think backwards and you have to look and then say to yourself what does this today what is doing you know what is doing this today what's serving the same function because the whole idea of having to have a rich mixture to start the engine is the same dynamic has not changed has not changed whatsoever right not changed whatsoever so if you look at that then not only will it get you into the right ballpark but it's not going to be like this these these new engines these new tractors these new everything is not going to work on fm and being a christian guy i won't say what the f is but all right it has so you uh, this is not your first rodeo of everybody no matter how how faithful you are you know you heard that word it doesn't work on magic all right it's just making decisions it's going to be like my belt tensioner look different but accomplish the same thing so i am sorry for burdening you with my life stories and hopefully god willing that i will be able to give you a better show next week and not ramble on uh until as they used to say the cows come home right but if you've never been on the farm and had cows out in the field you don't know when they come home so i used to say my chickens come home so you have a blessed blessed day and uh i'm going to thank you so much for listening and know the hot rod farmers poem for you the american farmer and rancher and my beloved america and please please take heed for what i said think backwards and you will get you it'll get you more accurately than trouble codes are in the computer have a blessed day.